What's good, all you blurred nerds and everything in between? I am Winston Marshall, aka the Swaggy Blurred, and welcome to another episode of the Inner Geekdom Show. Whew, I hope y'all liked my uh, my flexing photos, my workouts. You know, I was out here just getting real jacked for my next movie. <laughs> it's Tor, the Mighty God of Thunder, and I'm here to talk about love and thunder. No, I'm just playing, man. You know, I would love to play Thor, but I'm never going to get that jack. Let's be real. Like, I'll go to the gym, but I ain't going to the gym that much. Uh, Dwayne, what about you, man? I know you've seen these photos we're going to talk about in a minute. I mean, would you put in that much effort to play a superhero, my guy? Uh, Probably. I mean, I put in that much <laughs> effort for, you know, over a decade for a job that paid a lot less than being a superhero. That's fair. And thank you for your service, sir. I do appreciate that for sure. Uh, look, I will say this. If they're going to pay me bajillions of dollars to do it and 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 also pay for the service and the food, I guess that is a slightly different conversation. And we have another gentleman that has also, uh, you know, served us in the armed forces, is his own version of a superhero. Uh, we call him the outlaw. Mr. John Roca is in the building to join us and introduce each other today. What's up, man? Hello, God of Thunder. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm excited. If I know, if I got terrible at Jamaica, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I would absolutely take that money at his age. At this age, hell no. Uh, I'm happy to stay out of the gym, and because uh, those arms of his are massive, so you That's know not he's real. No, he's just eating chicken and broccoli and just lifting weights while he's even in the bathroom, probably or in the shower. It's insane how big he is. So I guess it's the end of Fat Thor for sure. We got ourselves ripped Thor for sure. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's so funny, man, like just looking at it and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let Dwayne, you know, walk us into the story real quick. But just mm -hmm. looking at that photo, I was just like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, at what point have we gone beyond God now? What's, what's beyond God mode? Because that's, he's yeah. starting to look like Arnold when he was Hercules. He's starting to look like <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson when... I guess all his movies, he just looks like he's on steroids at this point. Like, I just, like, at this point, he looks unreal. And I, I, I got to feel like, like, when I really start getting into my workouts, like, I feel good. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just feel too tight. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're fat, you feel the tightness in your belt. But when you just jack, you just feel like all your muscles are just bursting out. And that just, I don't know about you, but that doesn't always feel great. Uh, <laughs> you know, there is a, there's an upper level here at which yeah. we're like, I think I'm okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But Dwayne, tell us about this, man. That's our top story right now about how Love and Thunder is wrapped up and uh, Chris Hemsworth is sharing some photos. Yeah, so yesterday, Love and Thunder lead Chris Hemsworth and director and co-star Taika Waititi celebrated the wrapping on the film with a behind-the-scenes photo featuring Hemsworth looking it's just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I, all I'll say is, all I'll say is, I, 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 like, I know sexuality is a spectrum, man. I was saying Happy Pride Month seeing that photo. I was Hello. like, what is, what is happening? <laughs> a, a, absolutely. Uh, but we also had... Taika donning his Korg motion capture sh shoot mm -hmm. uh, and the Chris Hemsworth captioned the photo with that's a wrap on Thor Love and Thunder and it's also also National Don't Flex Day so I thought this is a super relaxed photo that was appropriate <laughs> uh, so Winston can yeah. thick buys save lives or should they kept it in his thighs <laughs> Well done. 
you the funny thing is i always try and send you the stories we're going to do early enough that if you need to do these but i feel like that was an improvised one on the spot and i'm very impressed sir um <laughs> i mean look man again this photo is unreal how monstrous uh that uh chris hemsworth has gotten uh, love actually seeing, like, I don't remember seeing motion capture of Taika Waititi before, but I love seeing the Korg outfit again because Korg was definitely one of the highlights of Ragnarok. So yeah. it's great to know that he's coming back and with a vengeance. Um, again, man, I, I'm, I'm just, who who the hell is Thor going to be punching this movie is what I want to know. Because, like, do you, need, do you need that much? Like, good Lord, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I will say this. It's probably, of all the films that are being announced, I'm very excited about No Way Home. I'm very excited about Multiverse of Madness. I'm not going to lie. This is actually my most anticipated film in this slate that's been announced recently or that's coming out in the near future. Blackwood will be fun. Eternal sounds like it's going to be cool, but, like, Ragnarok was so good. Taika Waititi really did his thing with that. So I'd love to see that built upon. And getting Natalie Portman back, who has been like a middle school crush for me forever, man. And to know that she's going to be wielding Mjolnir, I, I cannot wait for this film at all. And this has only gotten me more excited about it. I mean, what about you, John? Like you see this, yeah. what is it doing for you? And knowing we have this crazy cast of Damon and Tessa Thompson and Christian Bale and more. Yeah, I mean, Russell Crowe is Zeus. I mean, it's such an incredible cast that's going to be in this thing. And, you know, you ask who the hell is he going to be punching? He's going to be punching Gore the God Butcher. I mean, the God Butcher just lets you know this is not a guy or a creature to mess around with. So uh, certainly he's got to lift it up. And he even has, like, uh, uh, people that uh, serve him that can kill God. So Thor's going to ha have his hands full for sure. So he's got to look the biggest he's ever looked. And you know, I, you know we've been re we doing these uh, MCU on our M uh, movies in the MCU rewatch with the Lady Outlaw, and it's incredible to watch Hemsworth's development from the first Thor <laughs> physically to yeah. where we're at right now as we enter phase three of our rewatch. And, he, and this is the biggest I've ever seen him. I think you make a great comparison to like Schwarzenegger when he was Conan and The Rock, when even The Rock now, did you see that Black Adam picture? Holy Mary, mother Dude. of God. There are My muscles Lord. within muscles within muscles. He's got a quantum realm of muscles on his body, man. <laughs> so this excites me very, very much. I, I've, I'm, I'm low-key uh, such a huge uh -huh. fan of Thor. Ah, there it is. Such a huge fan of <laughs> Thor. So I'm excited about this. It's a great cast, as you said. So, you know, and, and the caption underneath it was great. Just teasing what we're going to get. And, of course, a little bit of emotion as well. So what does that mean? What's going to happen with him and Jane? So that uh, I'm curious for all of that. A thousand percent, you know, one of the main love interests for Thor in the comics, obviously in yeah. the in the movie, which they abandoned. And we know part of the reason why that happened, you know, there were some contract disputes and or some uh, creative disputes right. between Portman and uh, Marvel. Uh, and obviously those have now been worked out and she's entering back into the fold. So it'll be cool to see uh, her reemergence as well as the fact that she's actually a really funny actress. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if y'all remember Natalie's rap on SNL, which oh. we definitely can't repeat on this show, but like if we're getting any sort of that comedic <laughs> timing out of her for this film and with Taika Waititi kind of like helming it, oh my God, like right. it's going to be amazing. Um, so I definitely can't wait. And I, uh, my other question too, uh, Hemsworth is playing Hulk Hogan, isn't he? Yeah, that may be. So, uh, yeah, the reason he's that jacked as well. 
it might be like kind of a dual thing. I wonder if that's the case where the two studios then split the bill, being like, all right, I'll get the trainer, you get the nutritionist. You know what I'm saying? Like if they if they team up on that, because I would, I, I would be cutting. The, we don't normally get along, but since we have to share our child custody of our child, you want to split this bill real quick, send some child support. So you know, I, absolutely stoked for this film, uh, which kind of jumps us into our next uh, story. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, Thor's brother and specifically what that what's going to happen uh, with this new show dropping next week, which we will start our reviews of Loki next Wednesday. So, uh, Dwayne, why don't you go ahead and tell us the story that we got lined up, man? Yeah. So the head writer, Michael Waldron of Loki and as well as Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness gave an interview with Total Film and he was quoted as saying, that would be just crazy conjecture regarding the idea of Loki and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness having some sort of connected connection. All of these stories in their own way are interconnected and have ramifications. I think that certainly our aim with the Loki series was for it to have a to have wide reaching ramifications across the MCU moving forward. So you know I was having to clean up some of the messes I made with Loki. Maybe so. So, John, mm. do you think this is a misdirect or is Loki burdened with glorious purpose? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Dwayne's got the best tosses in the biz, man. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I think he's absolutely burdened with glorious purpose, and it's a great way for the MCU to reappreciate Loki and what Tom Hiddleston has done with this character. You know, before anybody else came in with their villains, remember Hiddleston had Curtis really... Slope has donated $20. Oh, there you go. From Thank what you. we know about Thor Love and Thunder, it doesn't look like Loki might not be in this, but I doubt that. Mm. I think he might pop up somewhere in the film. Maybe the Loki series might lead into that. Certainly possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, and that's the thing that... And I think that, I think this is a brilliant... Uh, move to to create a new thing called a time variance authority so right. in their minds they can populate it with new characters that will like push certain storylines out into the next phase and what have you so as a writer this must be so exciting to be able to walk in and create this kind of stuff and these new characters and have them lead into other uh, 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 films or other future projects and have it tie back to your series and who better than Tom Hiddleston you know as I was just saying here he's the guy that built the foundation of villainy in the MCU did other villains come along and get just as and become just as memorable for fans hell yeah but it was Hiddleston you know for all the superheroes it was Hiddleston who was carrying us through these moments uh, and mm -hmm. through these multiple films so it's it's fantastic and I hope it connects up to so many things and messes up so many things and don't be surprised if we get that hint of the X-Men or Fantastic Four in some way. I, I definitely think that that's something that we could see come into this. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a few things, first of all, that I, uh, I want to thank uh, uh, for that, that stream lab that came through. Please continue to send those in. That's how you support the show. We have a, uh, have a goal of about $200 every time, and that's definitely something that we want to do. I'm going to try and come up with something fun on the fly while we're talking about these stories that me and John can do. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that... Um, I think we're probably because we're going to see a bunch of different timelines that are have to be fixed and, and, you know, dimensions and all that. I would not be surprised if because of how connected they are in the releasing of these films, 
if Loki goes on certain adventures, especially since you have the same writer of Multiverse of Madness as Loki, where maybe a scene we see in Loki, we then see the other side of it in the Multiverse of Madness. And we're like, oh, like, I know what that is. And like the same thing, I, I can't imagine a Thor movie without Loki. Yeah. Um, obviously not his only villain in the last uh, couple of films, villain-esque at times, but has kind of been doing his own thing. I totally can see that they could be connected, but you know, just looking at Loki specifically, I agree. I'm excited about the the time variance uh, authority. Mm. You know, an interesting group that I was like doing my research on once I kind of saw the the trailer um, for the show. But I think this is probably for most people their most anticipated uh, MCU show. Mm. A lot yeah. of people have have both from the storyline when they saw the teaser trailer, but from the fact that Loki became a fan favorite, like. Um, Obviously, what we got from WandaVision and from Falcon and Winter Soldier, people are now on those characters even more than they were before. But it's very clear out of the five main characters, so WandaVision, haha, uh, Falcon and Bucky, or Falcon and Winter Soldier, haha, again. Um, Loki, by far, was probably was the most popular, mm-hmm. having been in the most films out of all of them, um, being this fan favorite that, like, even though he was a villain, they were like, well, maybe we shouldn't kill him and just kept letting him come back in and do the thing. And people getting an emotional response at the start of Infinity War. Um, so I'm curious for you, John. We know yeah. that uh, in Endgame, you know, he stole the Space the, Stone or the, the Tesseract. Yeah. Uh, at the end, essentially, we get that variance where they're going to borrow it. He sees it on the ground while he's in custody and disappears. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that Loki's going to use that immediately to start off, just kind of thinking where we're going to pick up? Well, I wonder where he's at, right? He just got, listen, people don't think this is the Loki that's gone through Thor Dark World, gone through all these right. kinds of things. This is the Loki after the end of the first Avengers. So right. he's been foiled here trying to take over the world you know he's risking the ire of thanos so he's disappearing and maybe recalibrating where he's at so i wouldn't be surprised to see multiple lokis appear in different timelines there could be scenes where he's talking to multiple versions of himself there are rumors about the female loki making an appearance as well in a different timeline so there's all kinds of things that can happen here this is like multiplicity in the mcu there's all kinds of different versions of loki that could pop up that could be messing around with timelines i think the first thing he's going to do is uh, figure out how to head back to asgard and figure out what's going on there because remember he's yeah. still pissed off at his dad he's still yeah. in that state of mind um, hasn't lost his mom yet there's right a lot, there's a lot he hasn't gone through yeah right and will he do that though will he reverse some things will he in some way reverse the death of his mom will he in some way reverse the death of black widow for whatever reason out of can he do that i don't know the specifics of vorm if he can actually turn that around i don't know so there's a lot that can play he can play with here that i think is exciting this is exciting uh, it is. I, I love it. And and I agree with you that everyone was looking forward to it, Winston. But also, people had, like, a real concern whether they were going to be able to make it work. And I think these trailers have absolutely appeased that concern completely. No, I, I think so as well. I, I think it's one of those things that actually would be interesting, knowing that, like, we obviously haven't gotten all of the cameos and casting, mm, and they right. do a good job of hiding it. Knowing that Doctor Strange, we got the multiverse knowing that with this he's fixing time variance 
Do you even think that there might be some cameos from characters lost? So villains that have like died where he's like, oh, maybe I can use a Killmonger real quick. And like, I, obviously that would be huge news, but yeah. we've known Marvel to keep stuff under wraps before, Disney yeah. to keep stuff under wraps, that all of a sudden Michael B. Jordan shows up for like a scene <laughs> or, you know, uh, Josh Brolin's Thanos shows up for a scene, you know, like yeah. I'm just imagining knowing that we're playing with this now that we could a hundred percent blow this up into some yeah. kind of crazy thing, man. So, uh, Dwayne, what about you, brother? I mean, Loki, obviously we're going to be talking about it next week and the following weeks. Um, hearing this story, um, knowing what the possibilities are, what has you the most excited or concerned or just pontificating? That's right. I used a hundred dollar word today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I was excited from the first trailer. Um, I wish that they would stop showing us stuff. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause at this point I, I, I haven't seen anything other than the first trailer. I've purposely avoided it because I started putting things together after I saw that trailer and I don't want to put anything else together. I don't Jimmy Mando out. donated $25. Thank I think you. the only thing I want to see is Loki pop up in Love and Thunder Thor seeing him could be emotional hit we need rather than the one we want. That's true. I think yeah. that that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but Dwayne, finish your thoughts. Sorry about that, brother. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't want to put anything else together. I want to go into this and let it take me on whatever wild ride this is going to take me on. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm full tilt. I'm ready for it. I think this is going to be absolutely nuts, and I can't wait to see it next week. Absolutely. And so, you know, that reminds me, as soon as the show is over, I need to go and hit up Disney and be like, yo, make sure I get that access access because I got to be able to do these reviews. So <laughs> I just want to remind you, first of all, everybody that's listening on the podcast, as you've, if you've noticed, we've shifted over to the uh, Schmodown uh, feed instead of the SEN feed. I want to thank all y'all that are listening. Make sure you give us... Uh, a five-star review and let them know what's up we're always trying to you know get sponsors and whatnot so please do that let them know that uh we're here and that you love us uh be sure as well if you're watching here on youtube live right now or after the fact leave a like leave a comment help the engagement going tell us what you think about these stories that we're talking about about jack thor about the loki coming up and then every week starting next week we will be shifting back into review mode we will be going through each episode of loki we give you a little bit of a breakdown but we give you more uh, opinions of myself of Dwayne, of the guests that we have at the time i'm sure john's going to want to come back and talk about some loki as well since he has a breadth of knowledge <laughs> you can see behind you he has lived through most of these events yes. so you know he definitely like I, I, well that's what i'm actually expecting john i'm expecting like some like uh, like, you know how Vandal Savage in DC, it's always like, oh, that's a Vandal Savage ancestor. That's another one. That's a, yeah. no, no, no. That's just Vandal Savage. Just like in, <laughs> in like, you know, the Dark Ages and yeah. in like the Civil War and in World War II. I realize you just have this regenerative power, man, that you just look the same from even young John yeah. in, in soap operas. Bro, like you've just kept this like I'm late 20s, early 30s face for like yeah. generations my friend I, I applaud you thank you thank you i have to regenerate <laughs> like doctor who all the time it's true it's true <laughs> uh but other than that other big stuff to know uh about 
definitely for the new Schmodown fans out there, you don't want to miss it. Today is the dropping of my boy Ace taking on mm. Thomas Harper in the Star Wars Tournament semifinal. It's going to be a wild ride. You don't want to miss it, so you want to check that out immediately. Uh, we've yeah. got some other matches coming up later on this week on Thursday and Friday, as well as a big pay-per-view happening this Friday. Ethan Irwin is taking on my other boy, Paulo Yama. Uh, to see who's going to be taking on this guy down here, whether it be him or Ben Bateman, because they are also going to be, because you guys are the main event, right? Yeah. You yeah. guys, yeah. So the, you got two incredible singles matches going down. The winners will face each other in a number one contender. That person will take on Dan Merle for the title. So you don't want to miss this Friday. You can get your tickets to smodownlive.com. Uh, $10 patrons will automatically get that pay-per-view. It's one of the best deals in town. But if you're not, you can buy your tickets individually, so don't miss that. All right, gotten all that out the way. Let's move on to our next story. Dwayne, what else we got, man? Uh, James Bond writer John Logan is worried that Amazon's MGM deal will hurt the franchise. Logan co-wrote 2012 Skyfall and 2015 Spectre, expressed his concerns in an opinion piece that he penned for the New York Times, stating, a chill went through me when he read about Amazon's $8.45 billion purchase of MGM. Having worked as a writer on Skyfall and Spectre, I know that Bond isn't just another franchise, not a Marvel or a DC. It is a family business that has been carefully nurtured and shepherded through the changing times by the Broccoli Wilson family. While Eon Productions has creative control of the Bond films, Logan fears that that will change in the future, asking what if a bruising corporation like Amazon begins to demand a voice in the process? Winston, do you think Amazon will want to stir 007's martini? Oh my God. <laughs> I really think people only come to the show now for your tosses, my friend. Um, I would not be surprised if they do, but I hope knowing the success of Daniel Craig's run as Bond, that they don't, um, that they look at how successful it's been. Um, I would even say the earlier Pierce Brosnan uh, Bonds were some of the best, uh, some of my favorites. Uh, huge fan of uh, GoldenEye. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies was okay. Diamonds Are Forever was a lot of fun. World is not enough was okay, but like Pierce Brosnan as Bond was a lot of fun. Daniel Craig as Bond was incredible. Mm. So I would hope that the only maybe push that they do there is they work with uh, MGM and Eon to find the perfect Bond going forward. I know we've teased uh, about having a black female 007. Doesn't necessarily mean that she is Bond. Um, she is just taking on the moniker of 007. So I just really hope um, that they do work with them. I think I understand Logan, uh, John Logan's concern of like, it's not a Marvel or a DC. I get what you're saying about DC because they've been, you know, a uh, dumpster fire, but Marvel has been super successful. I, I, I get that you don't want it to, to become cookie cutter, but mm -hmm. I would hope you would want to emulate some of that success, sir, and have people want to put butts in the seats because they're enjoying the product you're putting out. But Roka, do you feel the same? Or are you concerned that Bond might change or what's going on with you? Well, look, how long has that uh, franchise been around? Since 1962 with Dr. No. So it's been a long, long time. We're talking about five decades of movies. And ladies and gentlemen, much to Matt Kalinowski's chagrin, I'm sure, 
they aren't always the best movies. Uh, so some true. of them are pretty bad. Some of them are great. That's for sure. I don't want to diss on the entire franchise as a whole. So John Logan may be worried about this situation, but it isn't like John Logan has a great track record himself. I mean, Spectre wasn't that well received by a lot of Bond fans, even though I like it and I'll defend it. I understand a lot of Bond fans didn't like it, didn't really connect to it. So, you know, I get what he's saying. This is the same thing we heard from from Scorsese. You know, it's like, oh, I'm so afraid. You know, they're going to ruin everything. They're going to ruin everything. The truth is, the only constant in life is change and progress. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. Amazon has uh, the money. Uh, uh, MGM agreed to this situation. But the people in charge of the Bond franchise still retained their unique control of a franchise. They can decide when it goes theatrically. They can decide if it goes streaming. They can decide a lot of things about this Bond situation. So it isn't like Amazon is going to come in and go, hey, Broccoli, screw you. Step aside. We're going to take over and do this. No, it's going to have to be in conjunction, as you mentioned, Winston, with Eon, with the people involved. They're going to be more hands-on than people think. So I understand John Logan's concern. It's a logical concern. But the truth is, you know, you've got to let people do things. And remember, this is the same studio that brought you Manchester by the Sea that brought you a lot of these premiere uh, uh, films over the last few years. Yes, it's not the same people in charge right now, but that doesn't mean the mentality changes here. Sure. So uh, I, I look forward to seeing what they do. And you got to give people a chance to see what they do with it before you start prejudging right. the situation. Right. And I know that we're all concerned about our overlords of Disney, Apple and, you know, uh, Amazon. <laughs> but I, I just I just at the same time, I remember the way that the studio system used to work, there really were just five studios. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then it kind of branched out the way that it did. So I would say, like, and we, and some of the greatest movies of all time was during that system. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I know they wanted to break up the Monopoly, which brought us a lot of smaller films, uh, which I think was super important. Um, but as far as these mega franchises, I, I don't like, I get what he's saying, but Bond isn't like, even if it is a family business, um it's not you know it's not a sundance film okay this isn't yeah, like a book right. smart or a you know or a room like it's not you're never gonna be that little indie film bond that's not what this is and it never will be it's the mm-hmm. gadgets it's the explosions as well as the cool spy stories so i think as long as the writing is there we we haven't necessarily seen amazon come in and try and like vice grip control like a lot of other studios do, they tend to give a lot of leeway to their creators to just make good product. So I have a feeling that this is going to be a similar thing. Although they may assert some, but they'll let it go. The only thing that I'm a little concerned about, which I doubt they're going to do now, but it may happen at some time in the future. And I don't know if I like it or not, is if maybe one day we end up getting a bond in like the Jack Ryan kind of rainbow six universe, like some sort of crossover of some sort now, since they're both, in the same camp there's a possibility that that may happen at some point i don't know how i feel about that honestly i do enjoy the jack ryan verse but i mm, i don't know don't don't you yeah. got peanut butter in my chocolate you got chocolate in my peanut butter <laughs> i don't like reese's so you know what i'm saying that's 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 where i'm at i don't know if you're you've been thinking about that at all john yeah that would they would take such a risk if they were to do that because it's such a uniquely british franchise and uniquely yeah. british you know character and there aren't that many left uh, anymore yeah. on the British side of things. So they own. They, 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 I mean, people rebel. The fans rebel when you talk about having an American take over that uh, situation. So I, I think I think they would wouldn't do that. I think they wouldn't risk doing that unless 
I mean, unless they saw the potential for a really awesome, badass movie to combine the two, I just don't see it. And remember, we're at the end of Daniel Craig. So I think this is all right. going to depend on who gets cast as the next Bond to right. see what path they're going to go down uh, for sure, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Dwayne, any last final thoughts on the Bonds uh, before we get to our next story? Look, the Bond is going to survive. Like, I, I don't... If if he survived all of the films that weren't great and films <laughs> that were incredibly, you know, iffy, it's the character is gonna be fine. Like I don't, yeah. It 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 will survive if a woman is cast as Bond. It will survive as a person if a person of color is cast as Bond. The franchise will endure. Like mm. it just will. I agree. I agree. I, I, Bond is about as, you know, synonymous with the Olympics and, you know, elections. They might be rocky at times. They might get postponed for, you know, pandemics, but they will always be there. And when it's all said and done, you'll be like, huh, I'm glad that happened for the most part. <laughs> Minus, you know, we've talked about Spectre, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, anyways, let's get to our next story, man. Some of the rest of these are kind of like fun stories. Some of them have some business implications, but y'all check this out. <laughs> All right. For our next story, I don't know how people are going to feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen revealed that Wanda Maximoff will carry her Sokovian accent in her next appearance in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, she's quoted as saying, so that started with Civil War, uh, she said to Rolling Stone. The Russos said, can't she have a softer accent because she's been in America and has been speaking English more? So I was like, sure. Uh, I do have to say that in Wanda's next appearance in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, after the experience that she had in WandaVision, she goes back to an accent that is more true to her. So, John, yeah. do you think the return of the accent will be magic or madness? Ah, good question. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I, I can't choose either. I think it'll be empowering. And I think this is what uh, Elizabeth is saying. She's saying, I want to, I have more ownership of this character now. I've been doing it for six years. And also, she has grown as an actress, as a woman. And the character has grown as a woman and as a force in the MCU. So she will decide how she speaks. So re-embracing her roots, her Sokovian roots. Oh, sorry, her roots overall, I think, is, is a powerful step forward for her. And she's going to then, because, I mean, the idea of her watching the sitcoms, the idea of her, like, the, the way she says it in the interview that she was told by the Russo brothers, can you soften the accent? Because maybe she's been living in America a little bit, blah, blah, blah. And so she did that. She appeased them. But, of course, she got kind of raked over the coals for it a little bit. People joked about it a lot. So I think this is Elizabeth's way of reclaiming control of the character and bringing her back to her roots. And now, if you've watched WandaVision, I don't want to spoil too much, but she's come to terms with what happened. 
in her time as a young child in that uh, situation that she was in. And so now she looks on it fondly. Now she can embrace the past with more warmth. And in doing so, I think she can now re-embrace her accent and re-embrace who she actually is as a person. And, you know, all of us have gone through transitions in our lives. Everybody listening or watching has done that. And I think it rings true for Elizabeth to be doing that for Wanda Maximoff. Yeah, I, I think probably one of my favorite moments in WandaVision is Agatha calling out Wanda, be like, yeah. so what's up with that accent? Like, is it real? You just putting it on? Like, it just be coming and going as it please, huh? And I, I, it was a funny moment both to like kind of, it was clearly a behind the scenes stabs of like, so what the hell happened? Right. But I think it also was addressing like, I mean, you know, we're, we're sitting here three men of color. We've all had the code switch at one point or another. Mm. Like, I'll be chopping it up, be like, yeah. And that's what I was like, yeah. <laughs> hi, sir, how are you? How can I help you today? <laughs> like, I can, like, on a dime, you, you, we've all learned how to just kind of switch up how we speak. Um, and that's also very true um, of young immigrants to the States, uh, because you may have grown up in, in your home country and gotten some of your home country accent, but you come here young enough, you are able to speak with a more kind of neutral American accent or British accent if you move to England, stuff like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, as far as your uh, your accent and inflection. Um, so it is one of those things where like, they even address the fact that with WandaVision, it was happening to help boost uh, her, you know, jacking into the sitcoms. Right. That that also had a large part of it. She was portraying American sitcoms. She even says in the show, I learned how to speak English because of these shows. Um, that was really, that was our English lessons, was mm -hmm. watching these these reruns of these shows. So I think it'll be super interesting to see how that comes back into play. If even in the fact that the end of WandaVision, spoiler alert though, it's been months, um, that and we also do spoiler reviews on the show. So I actually don't feel bad about it. <laughs> um, the the fact that like, she's reading the dark, home, the dark tome and she's like sitting here just like flipping through the pages and going to almost a very primal place as she's like absorbing the knowledge and trying to find her boys. I can also see that the, the accent again being more neutral for her, 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 her base form, you would almost say in the way she speaks, that kind of coming back out now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she's not yeah. putting on the air that she normally would. So I think um, it'll be actually very, very interesting um, to see that kind of come back. Uh, Dwayne, I mean, what about you, man? You know, do, do you feel like that's her putting on instead of a black scent, like a, a, a wax scent, like a, a Wanda Maximoff accent? I mean, what do you think, bro? See, I can do it too. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, I've always been confused why people were upset about it or bothered by it. It's an accent from a country that doesn't exist. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, and, and nobody and nobody complains about Daniel Brühl's accent, who's supposed to be from the same country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. That is very, very true. And his <laughs> accent in Civil War and in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or Captain America and the Winter Soldier, was not the same. It so, was not. So, it definitely so people, was not. People don't complain about that, but they <laughs> complain about that Wanda's accent, and it's like, is it really the accent? And it's like. It, it's that's, it's something point, so man. small and so nitpicky over one of what's become one of the best characters in the MCU. Like, get over it. Move on. Yeah. Like, no, no. I agree, my man. I agree. Uh, all right, but let's move into our next film. Uh, I, I'm actually was really intrigued by this. 
um, to know that they had such low expectations, I guess, for this this film that dropped. Dwayne, tell us about Mortal Kombat, man. Yeah, in a in a, in a recent interview with IGN, Brad Wilson, Warner Media's executive vice president of growth and revenue, was asked about HBO Max's inaugural year and what sort of surprises the higher ups had seen during that time. Uh, his answer. Mortal Kombat was an interesting title for us because I will say that while we expected it to do well, we did not expect it to do it well for it to do as well as it did. It's been one of our top assets on the platform, and those customers are now crossing over into watching all the other great titles that we typically see, but also some of the great content li library that we have with Friends, The Big Bang Theory, The Sopranos, etc. Winston. Are you surprised that Mortal Kombat was a flawless victory for HBO Max? My God, I guess for real, I got to give you at least an hour because you did you did all of these in the, the hour before the show, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, only in the sense that it seemed like they were really putting a lot of effort into it. Was this Mortal Kombat film the greatest film? No. Like, let's let's be real. This is not going down as AFI's top 100 films <laughs> to ever hit the block. But it was it was an awesome romp. We got a nice little tease into the backstory and the history of Sub-Zero versus Scorpion and how the fact that Scorpion actually was kind of a good guy before he kind of went to the dark side of stuff and whatnot, you know, but obviously avenging uh, his family. Um, it was like a very well done film for what they were going for. Um, so I'm not surprised with that, especially since most of these films that they have released from HBO Max, these simul release films, uh, Mortal Kombat, Godzilla Kong, um, you know, Wonder Woman 84, it's uh, uh, not Snyder Cut because it didn't go to theaters. Um, they have been very action based and it's that stuff that people will always like as long as the the storyline isn't horrible. Um, hence why 84 did okay, but people were kind of like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, but like Godzilla Kong, um, people seem to really enjoy. They really seem to enjoy this and whatnot. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm honestly not surprised, which is why I'm just shocked that they were kind of like, yeah, it'll be all right. Like it, it, it literally feels like that would like Warner uh, and HBO Max looked at it like, oh, that's my kid that like, you know, if they at least graduate high school, I'm cool. And then they turn out to be a doctor and they're like, I mean, you blew all my expectations. I was expecting your ass to work at Target for the rest of your life. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I mean, Roka, what did you think about this film? And and are you are you as shocked as Brad Wilson? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was an okay film. It wasn't great as good as I was hoping for sure. And, and I remember being on the set. I've spoken about this. I went down. It was one of the last things I did for a Collider was get sent on a set visit to go down there in Australia for two days and walk on some of those sets. And it was awesome. That fire, The pit where they fight, we actually got to walk on that, which was awesome. So I thought that was a great experience. And they kept talking about how they wanted to deliver a higher-end Mortal Kombat. They respected the 1995 one, but they wanted this to be something that turned around the stigma of the video game movie. And I don't think they fully accomplished that. There are some great moments, some great characters. So maybe they knew when they saw the final product, oh man, this is not as good as we were hoping. So maybe that lowered their expectations. But I think they hit it the right time 
when people were desperate for new content, people were excited to, you know, have the idea of a, of, of a summer season again after missing it last year. And so people right. gave it a chance and watched it in high numbers and, you know, maybe enjoyed themselves or maybe didn't expect too much. So they had a good time with it. So in the end, I think it was a, the right mix of factors that led to uh, a success for them overall for this and shout out to everybody involved with that production because that's all you want whether it's good or not you just hope it gets traction and it certainly got traction so you know hbo max a, i know a sequel's coming you know it a thousand percent and i mean you know for their budget to be uh let me look at that again it looks like the budget was about 55 yeah because they um, shot it in australia which right. the dollar there is better for them so they can spend more money in australia but it's less money when you do the exchange factor yeah. so it's smart for the studio to do so exactly so to shoot it for 55 and you pocketed 81 specifically coming out of a pandemic where no one even knew really how theaters were gonna do right. and it was kind of at like the beginning like kong godzilla was the beginning really of the opening and then it started this was that next step yeah, I think that this you can consider a definite success in that regard. And if it really did do what what Warner was hoping it was going to do and further draw people into HBO Max mm -hmm. again, I believe I consider that a whopping success in that regard. I think that they were concerned, maybe, like you said, that it was just going to be a complete and utter just disaster. And that is not good uh, yeah. to have a studio think that beforehand. But we've seen people move release dates if they feel some type of way they're like oh it's up against so-and-so let's throw it away on some other weekend in january so we can't right you know get crushed um so I i'm i'm very interested by that at this point um but that being said we have another story about hbo max uh so Dwayne, keep it moving with this next one man this one kind of surprised me a little bit yeah so warner media also revealed the most popular titles on HBO Max in honor of the streaming services one year anniversary. Per the announcement, HBO Max added 11.1 million subscribers following its launch on May 27th, 2020, bringing the total number to 44 million. Wow. Moreover, it reports having seen a 70% increase in the services audience engagement versus that uh, of HBO Go or HBO Now. In terms of viewership, HBO Max Lee, uh, lists Birds of Prey among its most viewed non-exclusive movies, along with Kong Skull Island, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and Wonder, Wonder Woman 1984, and the other half dozen Warner Brothers films that, they've, that have premiered day and date in theaters and on the streaming service in 2021 so far. John, are you surprised by the titles that maximize profits for the first year of HBO Max? Not <laughs> at all. Not at all. Uh, that's a good one. I, th I think it was, uh, I think people, the people who didn't go see it in the theater watched Birds of Prey on HBO Max. Like they was like, oh, oh, great. I'll take a chance on this and see if it's any good. I don't have to drive anywhere or pay anything extra for the specific movie. You're paying per month, obviously, but you're getting so much of the stuff. So it, mentally, it's like, okay, I'm going to take a chance on this. So no surprise, a lot of people were curious to see if it was any good. Uh, the other side of it is, if you're going to re release Godzilla vs. Kong, you want to catch up 
or rewatch uh, the other films that led up to it. So Kong Skull Island makes sense. Godzilla King of Monsters makes sense that they made so much money off that. And of course, Wonder Woman 84, because this was a people. I know it feels like a lifetime ago, but six months ago, it was massive news that they were dropping this thing on in Christmas uh, uh, for people to watch at home or in the theaters that were open. So naturally, that was going to get a lot of eyes on it. So the things that uh, that did really well makes absolute sense to me. What I'm curious about, as we're all going back and theaters are opening up, you know, I said I didn't think the numbers were going to go back to where they were before. I'm, I think full, I'm fully ready to start looking at this and admitting that I might have been wrong on this because the numbers for Quiet Place Part 2, 57 million, it matches what they did with their first installment of the movie, obviously pre-pandemic. So to be able to do this in the middle of a pandemic, if it said we're still kind of in the middle of it, 57 million, that's pretty incredible. And that tells me people want to go back to the theater in large numbers. So I wonder if these subscriber numbers are going to start to come down uh, overall. So curious stuff for sure. That's a good question. I don't necessarily think that they'll go down because I Mm. think that it's going to be one of those situations where like, you know, everything old is new again, but also, you know, things have kind of changed in the sense that I think people are going to, now that they have this, the same way that like, if there isn't a reason for like a Disney movie that's highly populated, if if a family of four can go, no, we can watch this at the house. You know what I'm saying? Right, they're gonna right. they're gonna sit down and go, we gonna watch this at the house because I can make you a sandwich and give you a Capri Sun and not pay a bajillion. I will pay the thirty dollar fee, which is much cheaper than buying four tickets and having to watch your crazy ass in the theater. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Let alone there's some people that love movies, but they don't love the movie theater experience. They don't mm-hmm. love the prices. They don't love being around that many amount of people. And I think that, you know, knowing that this was just the 2021 model for HBO Max, I'm curious if Warner doesn't try and negotiate with its creators going forward because we know how much of a tra- tragedy that was when they just surprised this oh, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, of working out a deal, because you know that uh, what Paramount Plus has got a very a much shorter window for new films for yeah. the ones going through them. I want to say it's, what, 45 days or something like that. Right. Um, Netflix, what did they grab? They... Um, I remember they announced this a couple of weeks ago. Netflix grabbed another studio's set of films within 60 days. Okay. Um, uh, Peacock is also doing the 60-day model. Like the, the time frame between it's in the box office to it's streaming on a platform is shrinking immensely. Mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised seeing these numbers and knowing that, let alone remember HBO for a lot of time came to place where super blockbuster movies would get there years later. But if right. a film didn't do very well, you sent it to HBO to give it kind of a second life to try and see if you could get something else out of it by, right. by you know, sending those distribution rights. And I think that that's one of the things that they're finding, like with the Birds of Prey, like I personally like the film. I know plenty of people that didn't, but it just goes to show that clearly it must've had some sort of sauce that if it was one of the most watched films of theirs in there like Godzilla like you said made sense because you're preparing for Godzilla versus Kong Wonder Woman 84 made sense because this was a movie that had been hyped up to release theatrically throughout the year um Judas and Black Messiah made sense it was an Oscar nominee um there's no impetus to just be like you should watch Birds of Prey other than the Harley Quinn show um but that wasn't even necessarily listed as one of the most popular kind of originals or things that kind of mm. came over here you know what i'm saying so like mm-hmm. I, 
I, I, I think that this is something that it's, it's good news for all movie fans in the sense that it keeping this model afterwards of quick to streaming will be very helpful, I think, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, Dwayne, any thoughts on this before our last story, which is kind of a fun one for me? <laughs> uh, I think John brought up an interesting point with theaters coming back. Are, are people going to start to, you know, pull back on all the streaming services that they stocked up on during the pandemic now that right. you can go out and do things? Mm -hmm. um, you know, how is not not just HBO Max, but how how's Peacock going to fare? Um, granted, I think Peacock will be okay because they have things like the Premier League, but and and, and even, like Param even like even uh, like Paramount Plus, like mm -hmm. Paramount Plus, outside of Champions League, I don't know what they have on Paramount Plus that's going to make people right. want to keep the service. I I um, agree with you. Star it's Trek. That that helps, but I, I agree with Dwayne over here in the sense that that was the concern people had with Disney. Because it was like the nostalgia will only keep you there for so long. Hold and on a second. And it's not just was that. Was that a but smirk it's... on Dwayne's face? Did you just effing smirk at Star Trek? Son? <laughs> you mean no, no. school you want Star Trek, son? I, I actually. I'll tell actually... you something. Star Trek was multicultural before Star Wars showed up with Billy D. I'll tell you that right now. So don't come smirking at Star Trek. And let me tell you something no, else about really Star, Trek like Star Trek and Paramount Plus. They have new Star Trek stuff coming on, so it isn't nostalgia because you've got lower depths. You've got the new one coming out with Anson Mount and Captain Pike, and then you've still got Discovery rolling through there. So they understand, and Picard's going to come back for a second season. So they've got new stuff coming through for the big oh, Star Trek. Oh, fans. I'm 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 sorry. I didn't know that you were an IG player out here just geeking out. Sir, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a one slice IG player. <laughs> no, That's so so. Dwayne, please finish spell, spell that. I actually really like Star Trek, but the Good. reason I smirked is, again, I don't think it's something that's going to have people keeping the service. Because, like, like what a bunch of my friends do is, when a show that they like or are interested in pops up on Paramount Plus, they get mm -hmm. it for a month, they watch it, and then they cancel it. Mm -hmm. right. There's nothing that's going to have people keep the service. Like, no one gets rid of their Netflix, no one gets rid of right. their Hulu. The reason right. people are keeping their Disney Plus is because every month you've got something original and new dropping on Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. So what are these other streaming services going to bring to the table that makes people want to keep the service? Yeah. I'll tell you, Paramount saw what Disney was doing over there with Disney Plus and, you know, the high school musical, the the TV show, the musical, whatever mm -hmm. it's called. Um they saw that they saw the mighty ducks game changers and all that and got real wise on we need to keep putting out not just content for the adults which is important but content for the kids that they're going to keep coming back to hence why paramount and nickelodeon is like here's the patrick star show he's getting his own show and i've seen the trailer for which i was like oh that's super interesting mm -hmm. um being you know probably one of the funniest characters on spongebob i think that they're going down that same road knowing we need to we need to provide something for the kids because the kids tend to be that hook. You obviously need stuff for the adults because um, they're the ones paying. But the easiest way to really hold on to something is if you can rope onto the kids and the parents are like, if I can shut them up and they can just watch SpongeBob or the Patrick Star Show for a bit, like that's a win for everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Um, all right, we got it. just a couple minutes left. Yeah, 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 yeah. About Paramount Plus, uh, "Are You the One?" is probably the greatest. It's the best trash- show ever. It's it's the <laughs> it's trashiest re- reality TV it's so show, bad. and it's it's, so it's it's so trashy, and it's did on you see Paramount these... Plus, and I love it. Speak- Speaking of Pride Month, did you see the most recent season with the, have, where everybody was was everything? I haven't because it's the only season that's not on Paramount Plus yet. Oh, okay, it's on the yeah. on the MTV app right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it would. It's oh, dude, it's absolute insanity, and and I cannot recommend it enough, uh, especially when because that the most recent season of it is everybody is either bi or pansexual. And so you literally are getting this situation where like anybody could be your match. So everybody just trying to bang everybody and it's drama everywhere. So there's outside of the nerdy dumb and for your trash watching pleasure, I would definitely recommend Are You The One? But let's talk about this last one. This is a major nerd alert and I cannot wait for it. Uh, Dwayne, tell us about this last story, man. Yeah, so this uh, last story in a interview with Entertainment Tonight, Taj Mori uh, confirmed that there is a smart guy reboot reboot in early development. Uh, he's quoted as saying, there's been lots of Zoom meetings and talks about this, so we do have the ball rolling on it. It's just a matter of time and timing, but we do have the possible home for it. We do have a writer, and I feel like we came up with a really fresh take on how we can bring back the whole cast and something that is fresh and new but also something that diehard fans will still get that nostalgic aspect of as well. I don't have a toss for this one, Winston. All I can say <laughs> is bring back hanging with Mr. Cooper, you cowards. <laughs> He's a smart guy. Smart guy. Dude, I don't know if y'all have gone back to Disney Plus and watched Smart Guy because I as soon as I got Disney Plus it was actually it was X Men the animated series, <laughs> um, and this because it's one of the funniest smartest shows no pun intended that was on it, it depicted an amazing black family and showed really you know a single a single dad raising three kids because uh, if I remember correctly the mom died is the storyline. So him raising these three kids, having his own business. So you got to see this amazing black family in the way that it was, but you also just were really laughing. And you also, it, it like encouraged, you know, um, even though TJ was made fun of for being so smart and so young, it also encouraged like good academics and stuff like that. Like it gave you a little bit of like everything. Um, and some of the great, like I, me and my homeboys talk about this all the time. Some of the greatest things that have ever happened um, Marcus and and uh, like made uh, and Mo made a song about being a dog. Like, girl, don't blame me for being a dog. You know I walk. Like, just it's it's so it is so ridiculous. It's so good. I can't wait for this. John, did you watch Smart Guy at all, man? A, a little bit past my time, y'all. <laughs> a little bit past my time, but I know. <laughs> but uh, aren't his uh, aren't his sister 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 aren't the two yes. twins? Yes. Yeah, so, so Tia and Tamara are that sisters, I did yes. watch. I like Tia Tamara. Okay. Tia and Tamara. That was more my kind of uh, uh tail end there where i was enjoying her their stuff but so uh but uh, shout out to this kid shout out to him kind of stepping back in we saw this with punky brewster already so this idea mm-hmm. of the young people coming back and showing what happened their audience has grown with them so if mm-hmm. you make the stories relatable to the stuff that their audience has experienced themselves in life i think it's a smart move it's interesting that they're not coming back with like punky came back with 
three children, I think. And so it seems uh, I'm wondering if smart guy comes back and has his own kids who are intelligent and has to navigate them through their situation or maybe a kid who's not as intelligent. That's what what I'm thinking. You're the intelligent (laughs) dad. How funny would that be if like him and his brother both have kids and his kid is stupid and his brother who was the moron his kid is the genius yeah and now all of a sudden he's like i want to see that how did this this happen you know what i'm saying like i feel like that would be so 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 funny uh but i i absolutely cannot wait for this show and this reboot when it happens uh but that's all of our stories for today again as we talked about next week we are going back to the loki or we're going back to the reviews we were doing loki i know i said we we're going to try and do lucifer this week honestly the the, the weekend got a, away from me so i just didn't have time to get through all of that plus i want to be able to see mr roca here and he's too busy to be watching all the shows so <laughs> i was gonna be like yeah you know what i'm saying he, he, especially do you watch the show already no, no, that's it's five seasons. Yeah, once once yeah. one or two seasons slip by you, it's really hard to make yourself sit down and watch. I highly movies. recommend it. It's it's a fun yeah, it's a fun things. procedural, but like that still has a lot of really great comic based roots. Uh, this particular season, yeah. God comes into play, which has been interesting so far. But like, yeah, I just didn't have time to watch the whole thing. But and I like Rachel either, Harris, the blonde on. This oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The cast, fun. the cast is great. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Tell them where they can find you, John, what you got going on, all that good stuff. Yeah, you can always find me at the Roka Says on Twitter and on Instagram. If you want to roll over to my YouTube channel, subscribe there, youtube.com slash John Roka Says. It's becoming a more of an entertainment channel, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, we've kind of put the politics show, we put it to bed. The sports show still on Mondays, but pretty much all entertainment-based now. If you want to give it a second chance, uh, for sure. And don't forget, uh, Friday, me and Ben Bateman going at it in the Schmodown live on the pay-per-view. You don't want to miss the fireworks in that one to see who comes out on top to take on either Mr. Oyama or Mr. Urban. We shall see. But uh, it's going to be great. So uh, do all of that and, you know, sign up for the Schmodown Patreon as well. Yeah, a thousand percent. Dwayne, tell them what you got going, man. Uh, you can find me anywhere and everywhere on the internet at Burke Made. Uh, today on my YouTube channel, you can check out my show Technical Difficulties, uh, where I'm going to be walking through all the updates to OBS. A brand new version of OBS dropped this morning. It's got a ton Ooh, of new features. Wow. And I'm really, really excited about it. I was like a kid on Christmas when I woke up and found that this morning. Does it? Does it work better on Mac? Because I haven't mounted my TV yet, but I'm about to start streaming next in the next like week or two once that once I've got that settled. Yes, it is. There are a ton of new features that help it perform better on Macs. Mm. Tons. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and myself, you know where to find me at the Swaggy Blur. It's right below my face. Uh, that's Twitter, Instagram, all the good stuff. I'm here every Wednesday. Again, we're going to be jumping to the Loki spoiler reviews starting next week. Um, you also have Blurreds in the Hood Tuesdays and Thursdays, 2 p.m. Pacific with me and my co-host, Mr. Jay Washington. Been a lot of fun. I also recommend for the adults in the building, we do Blurreds After Dark the last Sunday of the month. You don't want to miss that. It's always a good time. And we have a new show coming to the Blurreds in the Hood channel, Talk Blurry to Me with TK Trinidad and Drew Jones, two absolutely phenomenal ladies that you don't want to miss. They'll be happening June 20th, and it will happen every Sunday at around noon, 1230. They haven't decided on exactly what start time yet. But don't want to miss all of that good stuff. And then, of course, uh, over with John, I do uh, the Outlaw Nations uh, game time yeah. uh, every Monday. So you don't want to miss those as well. So with all of that, Dwayne, hit that music. 
Thank you so much for watching the Interdictum Show. We love each and every one of you. Thank you to everybody that donated. Be sure to hit a like down on this video, a five-star review on the podcast. Stick around for SEN Live here on this channel going off in just a couple of minutes. Uh, and check out all the Schmodown matches. Drip, drip, baby. Let's go, Ace. Woo, woo!